0: This is the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast. Covering sports on the shore with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley. Presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mike.
1: High school sports are back in the fall, right where they're supposed to be. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley. It's Time Out with Shore Sports. And the season, Mike, starts this Friday. Although golf got their first game in yesterday. And they'll play another game on Wednesday do you call golf a game, or is it a meet or a match?
2: Golf match. Yeah,
1: that sounds good. Golf right. match, yeah. right.
2: Well, God bless them. They've had some very warm days. Although all the sports in getting ready for the fall season have had some very warm days. I tell you, that was a theme that stood out to me when talking with the coaches. I had my preseason game, if you will, last Friday night with a preview show for Overtime Live with high school football. But for all the sports training, uh, August has been a brutal month. And coaches have had to adjust in some cases, not always being able to be outside. Because there is that uh, temperature, I guess... um, Ceiling that if it's reached or exceeded, that uh, teams have to adjust. Sometimes going to the gym or what have you. I, I guess it depends on the sport, but uh, it's been a tough point. August. Yeah, yeah the, the dew points is why. Well. Yes, point. if it's above yes. seventy, uh, yeah. then, then you know you're starting to get into a pretty hot, humid territory there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of funny that they've been practicing and all of that, and this uh, this coming Friday looks like temperatures in the mid seventies.
2: That's right. And, you know, the weather is something to keep an eye on with uh, tropical storm. Ida. Yeah, I mean, that's the good news is that uh, things should dry out. But the amount of rain may may
1: be a little moist. Well, uh, yeah,
2: (laughs) I was going to say the amount of rain they're talking about potentially. And I I was told this morning as we're doing this on on my morning program, one and a half to possibly three at the max. So for the fields that aren't turf. Will they be dried out enough by Friday? Sure. How will that affect games? It'll be uh, certainly interesting to see. But that's something that we typically we deal with around here during hurricane season. Yeah,
1: so uh, yeah, I, I'm so excited. You know, you've got all the football games coming up this week. And uh, you've got one other sport playing. We'll talk about all that. When we get back here, man, we got so much to talk about today. I've I mean, got
2: notes upon notes here. <laughs> you're going to be talking
1: to uh, uh, Coach Brian Aiken yep. from uh, Kent County High School. He's our last one that we need to get in, and uh, we'll get him in today uh, as well. And we're going to talk about all these games and all the things going on across the Bayside.
0: And we'll talk about other sports, too. It's all right here. Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Hey it's David Wilson Jr. with the Preston Automotive Group. Preston is a great place to buy because you can always expect great customer service when you're buying your vehicle and after the sale. Customers can call me directly on my cell phone at 410-829-0034. We love the communities we serve and we love to give back no matter what the case may be. The Preston Automotive Group has been in my family for 40 years. My father has been serving this community and has passed it on to our family to continue to serve you no matter what you're looking for at any time for all your vehicle needs. Whether it's service, sales, parts or the body shop, Preston's got you covered. Don't have time to bring your car into the dealership for service? We'll bring the service to you with one of our mobile service vans. The Preston Automotive Group is always a great place to buy your car because we have the best prices and the best service after the sale. No matter what you're looking for, we have over 1,500 new vehicles and over 700 pre-owned vehicles at any time. You can always shop online at PrestonMotor.com. And remember, we'll deliver. This
2: portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by Perrett and Moy Therapy Associates, located at 460 Main Street in Stevensville. Let Rick Perrett and the staff get you back to feeling new again. Accepting most insurance policies, so step away from the pain by calling Perrett and Moy Therapy Associates at 410-604-2982.
1: So high school football coming up on Friday night. Do you remember the last time that Queen Anne's beat North Carolina in the fall?
2: In the fall was late October of 2015. 2016, actually. 2016? Yeah, it was
1: 2016. Uh, Queen Anne's beat them 19-7. And that was the last time that Queen Anne's beat North Carolina in the fall. Now, the two teams split in the spring. But I, I think this game is why... We made it this week's Preston Ford Game of the Week, presented by Best Western Plus and uh, for all seasons. You can hear it Friday night with the Roto-Roto pregame show starting at 6.15, the kickoff set for 6.30. Hear it on 94.3 Winks FM uh, and, of course, also at uh, uh, forevermidshore.com. If that's too much, go to shoresportsmd.com, and you'll find a link right on the front page of the landing page there, for overtime live and you can listen there but you know that is i think it's going to be a telltale game to find out where teams are at this point
2: you have a huge matchup not only that one but easton and ken island but you're absolutely right mark we're going to learn a lot and the thing is that there'll be a takeaway but granted it's week one so while they only play nine And you got to take something away from it. That doesn't mean that that game has to define their season. But those are huge 2A matchups for all four teams there. And you're right with Queen Anne's and North Carolina. And, look, to be fair, all teams had to deal with COVID in the spring, some more than others. But I will say it would have been interesting to see North Carolina in a normal situation how they would have done if it was the fall of 2020, let's say, not necessarily the Division One studs they've had, but I think they still would have done pretty well and realized the two losses they had by a combined 10 points. So I, I think, and you'll see this, they need to be given, I would say, the benefit of the doubt uh, that they'll still be a pretty strong program. But could they be knocked off by another team or two this fall? I would say absolutely. And I say that with all due respect to the Bulldogs.
1: You know, and, and you're sitting there looking, uh, North Carolina got in their scrimmages. And uh, you know, and then uh, Queen Anne's not able to get in their scrimmage, and they've got a quarterback battle. In talking with Al Waters last uh, Friday on you know overtime live, you found out that they still have no idea who their quarterback's going to
2: be. Right, and that game I think was going to go a long way in determining who ends up being the starter, what do they do now? Obviously, they had to figure out something uh, between Friday and the time we're talking now as to who that guy's going to be because they prepare as they're preparing this week. They've got to have their number one. So, obviously, they've made that decision. Now, whether they alternate quarterbacks, I've never been a proponent of that at any level. I say if you've got two, you've got none. But we're going to see what they end up doing. But, yeah, that 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 hurts the Lions there with not being able to get that uh, that game in. Most teams did, Mark, in some cases, like with Easton and Curley, as Brendan, uh, Brendan Riley, not Brendan Riley, but Brendan Ironton came back uh, to uh, to the base side for a scrimmage. Um, sometimes it was just modified, that they got in three quarters as compared to four. But at Queen Anne's, nothing right that yeah. hurts
0: that hurts. you have
1: to wonder what kind of impact that's going to have on them you, you mentioned the other game kent island easton uh that is going to be the uh, the, the annual game at kent island where they honor the first responders and uh, the veterans uh and those members of the military uh if you're a, a member of the military or a veteran of the military or even a first responder head on out to uh kent island high school on friday night they do a fabulous job out there uh, game time is 6 o'clock, and uh, they're going to be playing Easton. Uh, the Kings of the North, and, you know, it's one of those things that those T-shirts, the Kings of the North T-shirts, you know, that's that's billboard material for somebody like Ken Island, Queen Anne, and North Carolina you know and they've got something they put a big arrow on their backs or a Can, big
2: you know big target on their back should they not celebrate the accomplishment of the spring i'm not not is, that the, at all is because, this not a new team this right. team is not the same team that it was in the spring so you could talk bulletin board material but material but ryan o'connor's not there right. some of their top receivers aren't there it's a, it's at least somewhat Jared of a difference
1: is gone right yeah you, the list goes on and on nate book, nate Grant book. copper right. you know they're none of them are there anymore you know And I think that's the big question mark for Easton is, yeah, they've got a heck of a
2: quarterback in Kevin Mm O'Connor. They do. And I think he's going to be more of a run threat. In fact, he is more of a run threat than his brother. In terms of throwing the football, we'll see how good he is compared to Ryan. But we know he's got a strong arm, though.
1: But I think the question for Easton is, do they have players they're going to be able to catch That football.
2: Well Mark as you know I was very fortunate to have access to a number of practices and scrimmages more than I've ever been a part of before in seasons past. I got to see Easton they do have guys that can catch the football and as Pat McGlinchey says they usually reload at Easton uh, not uh, rebuild uh, with that position specifically so I believe they do but that said ultimately big shoes to fill in the three guys you mentioned and they have to go out when it counts for real now we're not talking scrimmages or or practice they got to step up and that is going to be a real test against what we know is always a very good ken defense
1: talking high school football here on timeout with shore sports we'll continue that conversation when we come back i want to take a moment to tell you about hook optic sunglasses they offer vision without limits using the latest technology in their Thermoforce polarized triple threat lenses They repel sweat, water, oil, dirt, and sunscreen. Plus, they're scratch and smudge resistant. I used to wear those other popular brands, but I've switched to Hook because of the look, the feel, the quality, and the price. Stop by an optical galleria in the Teal Marsh Plaza in West Ocean City, West Water Street in downtown Centerville, or on Harrison Street in Easton to try on a pair, or go to HookOptics.com. You'll be glad you did. (laughs) So nothing like welcoming Toby Pier to Cambridge South Dorchester High School by saying, hey, you've got a game against Milford, and oh, by the way, it's at Milford.
2: Yeah. Uh, they, um, they they certainly have uh, a tough challenge off the bat against a uh, handle-open conference team. Now, I will say this, though. I was able to see Decatur, Cambridge and Smyrna in a try scrimmage a few Monday nights ago. Talk about some tough competition there and then they scrimmaged this past Friday, Parkside. So they're battle-tested in the scrimmages but you're right, uh, right off the bat it's going to be tough. And I I think with Cambridge, look, we always know they usually have talent. They usually reload there. I don't think that's going to be the issue as much as how quickly the kids acclimate to an offense that is definitely a lot different from what they've run in years past. The defense I think is, is somewhat similar. So maybe Maybe not as much of a learning curve there. I think the question is going to be quarterback. and How do they adjust to more passing in the offense that uh, they really haven't had in years past necessarily?
1: Boy, what a statement that would be for Cambridge to go in and knock off Milford in week one.
2: It would be. Uh, we'll we'll have to see. I, I'm, not, I'm not expecting that to be the case. I expect it to be the case that we'll see Cambridge get better as the season goes on and finish strong. Uh, with Toby Pierce's uh, resume, Mark, i don 't think there 's any question that Cambridge is in good hands, and that ultimately uh, there'll be there'll be a continued winning product
1: uh, absolutely and and I think Peary's his history speaks for himself exactly yeah he 's got collegiate uh, experience yeah, too, which yeah, is impressive. absolutely so and a uh-huh. great uh, coaching staff there uh, why high, who I have as one of the uh, Uh, probably one of the most improved teams in the Bayside this year. They're heading to Colonel Richardson to take on James Jackson and that team. Uh, A tough challenge for Jackson, Mm -hmm. but I tell you what, why high? They're licking the chops to to get back on the field.
2: Well, they are, and as Coach Taylor has told us, we're not there yet. I think this is the season where – if they can pull off a winning season, and, and I have them, I'm not giving it away, obviously it will be posted, but I have them very high in terms of what, how I think about them this year. But you're right, Mark, uh, they're out to put a complete season together and show that now we're starting to build something here and that maybe we are the Y-high of 10 to 15 years ago. You know, with Colonel, they do have 13 seniors, and as Coach Jackson and I talked about Friday night, if you're going to play a team like Wicomico, a strong 2A team, out of the shoot, rather do... Do it in that first game where you're fresh, you're not nicked up, you're not banged up, you're not missing guys. So for Colonel, if you're going to have a game against Wicomico early in the season, yeah, first game is the time to do it, really.
1: Absolutely. Uh, the most shocking team for me this uh, this year so far has been J.M. Bennett and the fact that they've only got 28 players. They're hurt on numbers. You know, I mean, this is 28 players. That's like Snow Hill, Washington, Colonel level. This is a 3A school, and they're going to open up against uh, Decatur, who is another team that we're expecting to see or at least i am expecting to see big things out of this year
2: no i i am too and and i think uh, when all is said and done decatur along with a couple of other teams as we talked about north Carolina, uh you give the benefit of the doubt to, but it, north Carolina could be knocked from that top perch i think decatur's one of those teams but to your point about bennett you're right they only have one returning offensive lineman they lost two linemen here uh between the spring and the summer um it's it's a tough spot they are returning a quarterback uh they're going to do running back by committee um they're going to play a multiple d but they um they're they're in a tough spot right now and and coach mills i know it wants to get it back to where it was a couple of years back with coach gibson after they had to go through a rebuilding with Coach Gibson.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so that game is coming up at Decatur. And in fact, we'll have Taylor Walls there on Friday calling in uh, some reports to us on 94.3 Winks FM yeah, rem- as well.
2: And remember, Decatur handled them c- pretty well last year, and yeah. I'm, I'm, or in the spring, I should say. And uh, If you're Bennett, you don't want to get off to a start the way they had in the two games against Decatur this yeah. past uh, spring.
1: Absolutely. Uh, now, Parkside was supposed to uh, be playing at Snow Hill. Snow Hill not going to be competing this week uh, after being struck by COVID early in the uh, uh, the tryout sessions and the early practice sessions. So their season's backed up a week. But thankfully, Parkside able to pick up a home game against Northeast out of Anne Arundel which is going to be a good test for them, I think.
2: It should be. Northeast still has a new coach, uh, so new systems there that they're putting in. Their head coach uh, previously, I believe, was an assistant at Woodlawn, and assistant or head coach, one of the two. But I think if you're the Rams, you're very fortunate to have that game as compared to having to sit it out and wait until week two. They're ready to chomp with the bit. Again, they've been a model of consistency in the South over the last 10 years. Yes, now Comico in the spring was was very solid. We expect big things from them this fall. We expect big things from from decatur so now maybe they're going to have some south competition that they didn't have before uh but they've been solid i think continuity both with the coaches and system mark has really helped in the rams being successful
1: so the final game for the uh, bayside uh, conference on friday night is bow manor at kent county and uh, kent county has a quarterback that used to be a lineman and a linebacker and yeah, now all of a sudden he's a quarterback, and
2: yeah, Ryan Miller. Yeah, yeah,
1: it'll be interesting to see how that works out for them.
2: It really will be, and I, I think with Coach Aiken, though, I, I feel like they have—I'm uh, trying to think of the word—but I, I, I feel confident that. The way that he's building the program, that they are going to be successful and that he has a chance to return it to uh, the success or at least somewhat of the success that Coach Ireton did when he was there. 30 kids. They only have one senior, a lot of freshmen, but Mm -hmm. as a new coach, and you know this, Mark, it's a chance to really put your imprint on the program and develop these guys from day one instead of having a bunch of seniors that say, well, you know, you're not the coach that I had for three years and maybe I'll buy in, maybe I won't, maybe I'll do my own thing. He's got these young kids and these are the first coaches that they're getting so i think that really helps aiken and uh, we'll see how miller does but uh he's looked good so far um and god bless him you know they don't have big numbers mark but they run that no huddle they're they, they're very uh well conditioned and they run up and down the field offensively
1: speaking of brian aiken why don't we go ahead and talk to him next you had a conversation with him to preview that season uh his upcoming season so we'll talk to brian aiken next it's time out with shore sports Presented by the Preston Automotive Group, Mark Potter, Mike Bradley. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by College Placement Consulting, providing invaluable college planning and high school guidance from sophomore through senior year. Let the dedicated professionals at College Placement Consulting help your child prepare for college. Go online to schedule a no-obligation appointment now at collegeplacementconsulting.com.
2: And it is time out with Shore Sports. Mike Bradley with you here on this uh, Bayside Media Day as we're talking with the. Bayside high school football coaches around the conference and it's got the overtime live flair here to it and Brian Aiken the head coach of the Kent County Trojans joins us now on the phone line unfortunately Brian couldn't make it out to our media day in person but we've got it via phone and that's just fine and uh, Brian thanks so much for joining us and you know we talked with you back in the spring uh, new head coach new coaching staff but uh, certainly came away feeling good about the spring but just recap a little bit of your experience for us. And tell us what you take away from that as you head now into this fall season coming up.
3: No, I appreciate you guys having me on, Mike. Thank you. I, I can tell you, coming in the last year, uh, learned quite a bit. Um, you know, with COVID still, you know, being in our back pocket and still being an issue, and us have to jump over those hurdles and uh, you know, kind of fight through all these different obstacles. I mean, we learned a lot. Um, I think, you know, going into this year. Uh, you know, we, we took away a lot of different things about preparing, uh, making sure the kids did the, the schoolwork they needed to. You know, coming into the spring, you know, we only feel it like on average, I would say 13 to, to 18 kids week over week. Um, this year, you know, we're suiting up 31 guys. Um, uh, we have 31 guys on the roster, which is good. Still not where we want to be. Uh, you know, we want to be at a point where we're fielding the varsity JV. So, going into this fall, we'll, we'll just have a varsity program. Um, you know, but one of the big things that we had last year that we, we don't have this year was leadership. You know, losing Thomas Colesborough was a, was a big leadership role. You know, a person we had in place that was a coach on the field. He was also a coach off the field with a lot of these guys. Um, so, we're coming into the fall. We have probably one lone senior coming into it. We're going to be very young. Um, but we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to it you know, the challenges that we have and uh, see how much we can grow. It's just a matter of how quickly we are going to grow, whether it's, you know, the first couple of weeks or, you know, we take that big step towards the end of the year. But uh, we're looking forward to it.
2: Brian, roughly how many freshmen, sophomores, and juniors do you have, as you may mention, just the one senior? Uh, give us the breakdown of the rest of the roster.
3: I apologize. I don't have the roster in front of me.
2: but Yeah, just, just roughly, that. just roughly. Yeah.
3: You know, we're probably going to suit up probably about 15 freshmen. Um, you know, we got five or six sophomores mixed in there and just a handful of juniors. Um, so we're going to be relatively young, uh, a, a lot of room for growth. Um, so we're just looking at the coaches have done an excellent job so far with all the young guys trying to get them to where they need to be. Like I said, it's going to be a process. It's just how quickly our coaching staff gets these guys ready and ready to roll sooner. It could be great, but, you know, we'll, we'll take what we can get this year.
2: But in a lot of ways, having a really young team, I would think as a new head coach, as a new staff, as you look to establish uh, your own culture and your uh, thumbprint on the team and your schemes offensively and defensively, it's actually a nice, it's a fresh start for you as compared to coming into a team that, yeah, may have a lot of leadership, may have a lot of seniors, uh, but ultimately may not be all bought in. I would think uh, these players are bought in because they're starting fresh with you.
3: Yeah, I mean, you have to be on the head. You know, got a lot of young guys. So the future and the culture is what you know, we aim to build. And we've told the young guys that you know we, our season starts you know, starting last week. You know we're gonna grow as quickly as they grow. Um, but so far, they've been very coachable. Uh, a lot of guys are listening, they want to get better, which is another good sign. And I know the coaches out there. they're excited. they see you know, the, you know, the opportunities that we have and it's just we got to take advantage of it and like i said the kids are very coachable and we're excited to get going
2: Uh, coach in terms of your staff how many assistants do you have helping you out so we we got 10 guys on the staff including myself wow nice
3: Um, well yeah we're bringing everybody back um except for man we lost our offensive coordinator jamil Wright, who's been a part of kent county football for quite some time he was a player here um he was an assistant coach here for a long time, but he wanted to go out with Thomas Goldsboro, which I understood. But mm-hmm. everybody else is returning, and uh, we're excited to get things going.
2: Uh, take us through from the spring to the summer as to once that spring season ended, what did you guys do next? And, and tell us how you feel the summer workouts have been leading into summer camp here.
3: Yeah. Um, so, like, like I said, leaving the spring with the only – I think we finished our final game against Parkside with only 13 healthy bodies. Um, it was definitely a challenge, but coming into the spring, and to the summer, we wanted to get out as many guys as possible into the weight room and try to do some seven on seven. But it, even at that point, it was still tough to try to get guys out and get the word out. You now here we are. We need you to show up. Um, we were able to attend a seven on seven over at Kent Island. Uh, we were happy with what we saw with the young guys again, um, but most of the guys out of 31, you know, they're working. Um, you know, they, they have other things, at vacations. So week over week, we, you know, we had roughly about 18 guys in the weight room, which was good. It was always challenging, uh, again, with the vacations and the work schedules. But, you know, all of these guys were in the weight room at one time or another. So that was... the big bonus to see everybody get into the weight room
2: coach talk to us about the community where we stand right now or where you guys stand right now i should say in terms of support
3: uh it's 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 been a pleasure uh everybody's been uh very positive um you know i talked about jamil Wright, a longtime assistant uh coach here and player here at the high school you know he he was a big guy to have here Uh, but then again you know with jamil's departure we picked up Harold somerville he's a been a long long time lifer in the youth program you know the shares of the field right down the street from us um, so I know between himself and I you know I try to get down there to the youth program because that's where it all starts mm-hmm. you know uh, sure. I, I, it doesn't to me I want to see the kids playing football I, I really don't care where they're playing I just want to see them playing and love the game uh, I think there was a time you know as parents you know uh, you know with the concussion aspect and you know that the physical aspect of the game a lot of parents kind of shied away from it and didn't put their kids in football but just going down to the youth program now I, i've seen the numbers in spite you know there's a lot of kids out there playing i think the guys in our youth program are doing an excellent job so really you know between myself and my assistant coaches we just want to show our faces and support those guys because i know it's going to be in return we support them
2: they'll support us
3: so uh so far it's been good and picking up Harold Summerville like I said he's been with the youth program now up here at the high school it's huge.
2: Well coach we will let you go we know you've got a practice to get to and uh, we're going to have you back for the preview show coming up on the final Friday of August before the season gets started which we're excited about but we appreciate your time here on the Shore Sports Podcast a part of our new venture ShoreSportsMD.com. Coach appreciate it.
3: No problem. Thank you, Mike.
4: Did you know one in five youth live with a mental health condition? For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center offers the highest level of mental health care to children, teens, and adults. Our therapists provide counseling for everything from depression, anxiety, or addictive behaviors. Our psychiatrists offer medicine-based treatments, and our victim advocates provide support for survivors of sexual violence. For All Seasons is here for you. Visit www.forallseasonsinc.org.
1: This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by Midshore Exteriors, handling your roofing, siding, and gutter needs across the shore. Every detail matters, so let the Master Elite, GAF-certified, and Shingle Master roofers take care of your home or business today. More info at midshoreexteriors.com. Some good stuff there from Brian Aiken in, in the previous segment. And uh, this is Time Out with Shore Sports. Presented by Preston Automotive Group, I'm Mark Potter, he's Mike Bradley, and this is a weekly Tuesday podcast. That we, uh, uh, I, I love doing this because it's an opportunity, we get to talk about pretty much everything, and uh, you know, as we get into the season, we'll recap the weekend that was in high school, but also you know, other sports as well, uh, and I want to shift off to other sports as well real quick. Okay, The NFL, I know you're a big Ravens guy. I'm the big Washington guy. And um, I don't take much out of that um, preseason game that they had uh, last week because Washington didn't start like there were 31 players that didn't even play, didn't even dress for the game because they, Ron Rivera was afraid of getting anybody hurt. Now, a lot of different people are on different ends of that spectrum but the Ravens Had J.K. Dobbins go out, and he did get hurt. They're starting running back towards ACL.
2: Yeah, he's going for the year, and there were a couple of big takeaways from that and on that drive that Lamar Jackson was in on. They moved the ball well, but then he got sacked twice against – a second team, yeah. uh, defense of Washington, where the Ravens' O line has not been together much during uh, summer camp or training camp because of injuries and such. But that's going to be a concern. But you're right, with Dobbins, they lose they lose an explosive running back. They've got other backs uh, like a Gus Edwards, but he, Gus Edwards is a power back. So at the end of the day. They may have to grind it out on the ground more. They may not get, likely, the explosive plays that they would get with Dobbins. They do have guys that can run and catch. But, again, that means the onus is going to be a little bit more on the passing game, which we were already looking for Baltimore to step that uh, passing game up. They brought in a couple of more receivers. Rashad Bateman won't be available, we don't think, for game one, but hopefully by mid-September he will be. Uh, But, yeah, now there's a little bit more pressure on the passing game than there was before. I don't think this has to define the Ravens' season but it's a it's a big loss though
1: and and then the eagles uh trading for Gardner Minshew mm-hmm. from jacksonville is he you know to replace hurts or is he to back up hurts because they don't think he's gonna last long or what?
2: Well, uh, this is a big year for Hurts. I mean, I think for Hurts, I mean, it's his job to lose ultimately. And I think they're going to give him every chance of being successful there. But it does give them another option for the future, potentially. Joe Flacco, the backup there. But Flacco is not nearly uh, as nimble with his legs, obviously, as uh, Minshew is to a certain extent. Certainly none of them are are Hurts. So I just it adds depth and it gives them another option. But, no, this is Hurts' job. And I I expect to see him uh, barring injury uh, all season long.
1: But Why would Philadelphia carry three quarterbacks like Flacco and Menchu You think maybe they end up cutting? Uh, well, today, in fact, uh, you're know, cutting Joe Flacco sure, later that, on today.
2: That could happen. Yeah. That could. I, that wouldn't surprise me necessarily. So,
1: yeah, we're talking that uh, week zero of college football. You know, Nebraska yeah, Nebraska continues to suck against uh, Illinois. Yeah, uh, losing to them.
2: Well, Adrian Martinez is not. Is not a core. He's not a quarterback that can throw the football, and that's his issue. Yeah, he's a running quarterback. That's great, but uh, when they've asked him to throw the football, he's just not a guy that can do it. Whether it be in the shotgun or drop back, that's a big issue. McCaffrey transferred out. The other option that uh, that, that Frost had, and that's a tough way to start the season. Already a lot of pressure on Scott Frost. Not a great way to, to start the year for Brett Bielema, Hey, this is great for Illinois, who's looking at uh, getting things cranked up with that program.
1: Well, and kudos to the Big Ten for giving us a week zero matchup, conference matchup, this early in the season. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, uh, UCLA looks really good. Uh, you know, they, they blew out Hawaii, um, but yeah. uh, and then of course uh, uh, the uh, you had the uh, a, the historically back black college game mm-hmm. that was later on on uh, a Saturday that was uh, had Rg nee. Um, on the broadcast. So yeah, RG3. Yeah. RG3, my, three, yeah, yeah. Yeah, RGD, yeah. Is, as we <laughs> called him when he was with the Redskins. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm really looking forward to this coming week. Uh, you've got Virginia Tech playing host to North Carolina. My son sent me a text uh, you know, and said, hey, have you heard the game is sold out for Friday night? Lane Stadium is going to be rocking. Yeah. Yeah. He's hoping for an upset. Not likely, but you get a full stadium at uh, in blacksburg and anything is possible.
2: And first game of the year as well. Remember, college teams don't scrimmage. Right. That doesn't happen, or they don't have a preseason the way the NFL does. So that first game out of the gate, yeah, you're absolutely right, and a few turnovers here and there could make the difference. But Carolina, very strong team. And again, Mack Brown's done a heck of a job there. Um, Saturday, of course, you got Maryland, West Virginia, yeah. and that's going to be a huge game for Maryland, a great litmus test game. And they've got a shot out of the gate to start, you know, 3-1, and 4-1, and one, something in that in that area uh that's going to be big and it's good to have that robbery back and i'm excited to see uh the turps i mean this year you know i'm still being conservative with them but would i be completely shocked if they won six or seven games this year mark i would not
1: really well and then of course don't forget you've got uh the team the University of Alabama yeah. against Miami. Yeah, <laughs> <The> uh, <U. laughs> my wife saw a Mater, the, yes. the Hurricanes,
2: the U, and yeah, Miami, one of the top teams in the ACC as well. But certainly, they'll be the underdog. I think they're ranked roughly 16th or 18th in the country. Obviously, Alabama, number one.
1: Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Another great game, uh, Clemson and Georgia.
2: Yeah, I mean, love to see ACC, SEC, and uh, that's that's a huge game in determining the college football playoff at the end of the year because you think about the teams usually there: Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, um, LSU had a bad year, but I mean they're usually in the mix at least every couple of years. Uh, but we mentioned Georgia, uh, Ohio State, obviously, and Oklahoma are those other teams that are perennially right in the mix. So, they, yeah, that's a huge week one matchup.
1: You mentioned Ohio State. They start the season off against Minnesota at Minnesota on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about Ohio State. But is this their year, or can Minnesota send them packing?
2: Well, I don't think Minnesota's going to send a packing, but well, let me start with the Golden Gophers real quickly. They had a very disappointing spring after having a great 2019 season where they won 11 games, including a bowl victory over Auburn in early 2020. So it's going to be big for them. That game's big for them just to be – Extremely competitive in that game. That's what they are going to want to see. Obviously, they're going to be the underdog. They lose Rashad Bateman, though, their top wide receiver who got drafted by the Ravens, but they've got their QB, their running back back. Um, oh, for Ohio State, they're breaking in a new quarterback. They've got a really good wide receiver uh, room. I mean generally that it's it's a heck of a program it, it could be mark it certainly could be i guess it it will depend on uh, their quarterback play to a certain extent who as they break in a new QB uh, after Justin Fields got drafted by Chicago. Uh, but they're they're always right there. It's much to my chagrin as a Michigan fan. <laughs> yeah.
1: And uh, Marshall's going to be at Navy. there at Navy Marine Corps Stadium okay. uh, on Saturday as well. So I think that's going to be a good one,
2: too. Y- you know, Navy in the last couple of years has lacked having that big-time quarterback, though. And that's really, yeah. uh, that's really hurt them. They haven't quite been as strong uh, as, they, uh, as they usually have been. So we'll have to watch that position uh, as they, of course, run the triple option.
1: Now, of course, uh, David Bailey, who has uh, transferred uh, to uh, the Colorado State uh, with with his season, uh, they're going to be playing on Friday night uh, at 9 o'clock, in fact, against San Diego uh, State. So they've got that coming up and uh, a chance for David Bailey to... Uh, uh, get back on the field and, and maybe make his mark because I drafted A.J. Dillon, the guy he played behind at uh, at Boston
2: College. Right. Uh, you dra- you drafted him your fantasy league? Yeah. The backup to Aaron Jones in Green Bay. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I actually, with my first pick, I drafted Aaron Jones. Yeah. So there you <laughs> go. Yeah. Yep. That, yeah. And he followed his coach. One of those instances where he follows his coach and. Um, hey, kudos to him for doing that. I, you know, but you, you always have to be aware as a high school athlete that when you choose a college, um, realize that something like that could happen. That hopefully you're also choosing the school for the academics, for the campus, for the just the feel with the teachers mm-hmm. and and the other students there.
1: So, an opportunity for David to go out and play. There, of course, Colorado State, the Rams, uh, playing in the the Mountain West Conference. Mm -hmm. We'll continue this conversation. Yeah, back to more local sports coming up right here. Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group.
2: This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by the Edge Training Academy, where passion meets performance. Located in Stevensville at 112 Long Canoe Circle at the Chesapeake Bay Business Park. Now offering 24-hour gym access. More information at theedgetrainingacademy.com. com.
1: Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, alongside for episode number nine of Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. So we talked about all the high school football games that are coming up uh, this coming Friday night. There's one other game, one other official game that takes place this week, and it's a volleyball game. Uh, Queen Anne's County will be uh, hosting Bow Manor on Friday at 530. Everybody else is going to wait until next week. Thing about Queen Anne's is they were at the top of them. They've been at the top for the last couple. They've really struggled in scrimmages, and it's going to be interesting to see uh, if if those girls can get their stuff back together. Hmm. And uh, of course, they, they lost Taylor Walls, this six foot plus girl that's now working with us, and, right, and going to Salisbury University. But
2: yeah.
1: uh, it, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how they develop.
2: Well, if you're going to struggle. The scrimmages are the time to do it because it doesn't count for real. But at the same time, though, you'd like to have a modicum of success in the preseason or scrimmages uh, before you get to the real thing.
1: But as a former coach, I can tell you that all the sports outside of football, every game is nothing but a scrimmage because everybody makes the playoffs. Hmm. And because of Although that... Although you do have
2: seating, though, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: But if you go on the road, you go on the road. You know, it's that really comes into play when... You're dealing with um, uh, officials, you know, basketball officials or baseball or softball umpires in that home cooking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing <laughs> against our umpires. So we know that y'all are, you know, very yeah. equal all the way across the board, no matter who's playing. You don't even see colors. I got mm-hmm. it. But
2: well, here's the question: Volleyball indoors. I know in Delaware they have to wear masks while playing for the, for those sports or the indoor sport of fall, which is volleyball. Do they have to do the same here? It's
1: by county. Okay. So I, I know in Caroline County, after talking with their athletic, athletic director as of right now, um, while they're on the court, they don't have to wear masks. Okay. I can tell you in uh, in Wicomico County, they will not have to wear masks. Now, when you're on the bench, you've got to put on a mask okay. because it is indoors. Right. So, and, that, and I think that's a situation that's going to be touch and go, you know, throughout this whole fall. You know, who knows what's going to happen. So.
2: Yeah, I haven't wanted to think about it because we well, we did have a spring season and we were glad to have it, but we remember back in the fall when we did not. Yeah. And we don't want a repeat of this. And, and after going through all the scrimmages and practices and getting out there and getting our juices flowing personally and all the work that everybody's putting in, I just don't I, want I don't, to cut short.
1: I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think, if anything, you'll have some teams that may have to miss a game. May cause us to pivot and move our game of the week if necessary, uh, but uh, I, I don't think we're going to see a shutdown again. I, I don't think we're destined I, for I, that. T-
2: I, t- I would tend to agree with you on that. I just uh, I hope that every team can get every game in. That's probably wishful thinking, but uh, yeah. Ultimately, as long as we have a season, but also playoffs as well, Mark. That's yeah. a big deal because that's what that's what this is. To Take- a certain extent, this is what it's about too. So you want to go to the playoffs and, and give yourself a chance at a championship?
1: They finally have something to play for. Yes. Uh, and that's, you know, they didn't have that in the spring until they got to spring sports. Matter of fact, we'll talk about that coming up right here on Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Queenstown Bank combines traditional community banking with the conveniences of modern banking technology. Visit their branches in Queenstown, Easton, Chester, Graysonville, Stevensville, Centerville, Churchill, Ridgely and a loan production office in Cambridge, Queenstown Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. So, we were talking about something to play for. Fall sports didn't have anything to play for. Winter sports canceled again last year. That's two years in a row now that they have lost a championship possibility in winter sports. Right. Two years ago, they got a season. But when they got down to the Final Four, the rest got wiped out. Right, correct. You know, right. Well, in basketball. I don't know it, about right. the other in sports. Basketball but basketball yeah. and wrestling mm-hmm. okay. and indoor track. Mm-hmm. And then last year, no winter sports whatsoever. Um, Which
2: was at, expected that they would have winter sports.
1: At least for the public schools. Private correct. schools. A couple of the private schools had basketball seasons. right? But, uh, yeah, it, and it was cut out altogether in the public schools last year. And then of course you know fall played in uh, late winter and then in the spring you had the spring sports and they uh, once the scrimmages started that's when they said you know what you're going to be able to play for a state title which was great but at the same time that state title not saying that it should come with an asterisk but some of the teams not every team participated there's a lot of teams from PG county I mean if you'd have seen the team that came over to play St Michaels. You know, in the baseball uh semifinals, oh my gosh. It, it's I mean they didn't even have pitchers that could, you know I, I've seen twelve year olds throw harder. Mm. I mean it just the level of competition was totally different.
2: Yeah. Well and that's something that we're gonna have to watch is in terms of a bounce back, you hope numbers wise by those programs, those schools affected by COVID. Uh, I certainly hope that it does a turnaround. We've certainly heard about programs that have really struggled in getting the numbers. And that may take a year and a half, two years to cycle through and get people back out there. But hopefully sooner rather than later. But that is, again, an aspect to really watch. I think, generally speaking, even though I know initially there was a lot of concern about numbers for the football teams, and again, I'm coming from the football perspective, is that I think, all things given, the numbers are pretty good for the Bayside teams. I do. I do. Uh, Yeah, there are a couple of schools that like to have a little bit more here and there. But I think given the alternative, we're not talking about a bunch of schools in the 20s necessarily. And that's why it was surprising with Bennett at 28. And uh, they may field the JV if they can get about four more kids out once school starts.
1: You know, I'm looking forward to seeing how this season develops, not only in football. But also in soccer, in boys and girls soccer, and field hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Queen Anne's, uh, their girls soccer team is looking pretty darn good. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to watch how they develop this year. Uh, Ken Island, they've always looked pretty good. Uh, Easton has a new coach. Uh, you know, North Carolina's got a new coach um, that that is now taken over the program. She's been with them, but... You know, so
2: I, and we did some of those interviews. I, obviously, yeah. at our media day at Cambridge. Yeah, right.
1: and I'm looking forward to seeing how you know North Dorchester and Colonel Richardson, and Cambridge, some of these smaller schools, how they compete. Not necessarily against the two and three A's, but how do they compete amongst themselves? Because when you get down to it, like we said, all games, all games are nothing more than scrimmages because everybody makes the playoffs. You want to be playing your best soccer or your best field hockey or your best volleyball. And your best football at the end, but it's important for football because only the top four get in. Right. Or actually, no, it's more than that now. Um, right, it's yeah, more than that, so right. you know. But you want to be playing your best when you get to the end of the season.
2: Well, and still to me, regular season. You want to have, regardless of when you get in automatically to the playoffs, you still want to be a team that has a great record going to the playoffs. And as you take a look at your year, you obviously want to have a lot more wins and losses, if possible, with that as well. Uh, but you're right. But that's uh, the soccer, it's, uh, it sounds like uh, there are uh, question marks that we'll find out answers to in the fall.
1: Looking forward to it, and uh, we'll take this opportunity. If you're a coach and you're listening to this, hey, you need to make sure that you send in your results to us. It's real easy to do. All you have to do is go to your phone, pick it up and text 4106901376. 4106901376 send us a text with your score, let us know who you're with and the team that you beat or lost to, and, and any key details. Like if a goalie made 1,500 saves, that's important. We want to know about yeah. that stuff. You know, if somebody scored, you know, three goals, then we want to know that kind of stuff because we want to make sure we give a shout-out to those kids. And we'll use it on our website at shoresportsmd.com. Uh, we'll put it in our uh, our our morning sports reports on our local radio shows that we have. You know, all of these things are important to us, and it's all about trying to get exposure for your players, the student-athletes here on the Shore. When we come back, we're going to talk about youth sports. That's next right here on Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group.
4: Sports have an impressive host of social, academic, and physical benefits for teenagers. Despite these benefits, research shows that teen athletes are at a higher risk than non-athletes for certain negative behaviors. Experts believe the social culture for certain team sports influence participants to drink. Now is the time to take a step back and recognize that athletes are human beings above anything else, and their mental health and substance use must be addressed in a positive and understanding way. Through listening and validating, you can help create a safe space for your student to talk openly about the risks of substance use and abuse. Create a judgment-free space for your child to share their feelings and their thoughts. Ask questions in regards to substance use. If you suspect your child is consuming alcohol or other substances, reach out for help. For All Seasons is a community resource offering therapy and psychiatry to children, adults, and families. Call 410 four one zero eight two two. One zero one eight for more information. This mental health minute has been brought to you by For All Seasons, the Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center of the Midshore.
1: Welcome back. Time out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Hey, do we do us a favor? Share this podcast and yeah, just uh, hit the share link. Share it to your Facebook, your your Twitter, whatever the case may be. Tell your friends and neighbors about it. Have your schools share it, too, because the more people know about it, uh, uh, you know, we'll be happy to uh, talk about things that you want us to talk about. And you, know, you, have a, you have a recommendation? Mark at ShoresportsMD.com or Mike at ShoresportsMD.com. We'd be happy. Maybe it's something you want us to research a little better. Maybe, uh, you know, a topic you want us to cover or maybe you want us to, you know, feature somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not beyond that. So
2: no look I mean, this is wide open and we're certainly more than happy to take suggestions that i really think it's important for the schools themselves to get out the words so the students can see that and right and then it populates um, all the way down
1: so i say i want to talk about uh, youth sports let's start off the uh, little league world series uh won on sunday by your favorite state michigan michigan yeah. they, they beat ohio <laughs> they did so finally michigan finally, Michi- beat yeah, ohio yes <laughs> yes that, so.
2: yeah i, I know I, I was thinking that this, i was thinking that when the, uh, yeah, when the results came out. And that one player from Michigan played in four runs yeah. twice, had big opportunities, and came through both times. Yeah. You know, hey, if he only did it once, he'd be 500, but he did it twice. And talk about coming through in the clutch.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it just, you know, when you get down to it, and I feel the same way about minor league baseball and, and, and college football, you know, and high school ball, these kids play because they love the game. You know, once you get into the pros, they're getting paid to do what they do. Yeah, and I realize minor leagues getting paid to do what they do, but that's a pittance, you know, with, it, what they're getting. It is.
2: Well, when we talked with coach Brohan, you really better have a love of the game because at that point everybody's really good and you know, you're going to again, you're going to fail a lot more than you're going to succeed, and that's what makes baseball so tough, but also so great as well. And it's not for the faint of heart, especially mentally
1: yeah there's some good youth football being played around here uh with the uh the, the bayside american youth football conference and uh they they this past weekend they kicked off their season. We were talking about Kent having low in numbers they they literally spanked their competition uh this past weekend uh they they beat uh the Chesapeake piranhas out of kent island forty six nothing in seven u wow yeah in uh in nine u they edged Dorchester twenty to nineteen. They beat Chesapeake in the eleven U thirty three nothing. And they beat Chesapeake in the thirteen U thirty four nothing. Yeah, you know, so those those thirteen U kids, they're a year away from going to the high school.
2: Yeah. Well this year Kent County they they actually they, they do have the thirty kids, but fourteen to fifteen are freshmen, only one senior. But you're right, Mark, next year they're gonna need that infusion of talent and you really look at, I guess, twenty twenty three. That's going to be an interesting year for the Trojans and head coach Brian Aiken At that point,
1: well, and a lot uh, of young
2: guys with experience and two or three years left to play.
1: The Talbot Braves they uh, played the uh, uh, South Carolina Mustangs, so Colonel Richardson versus Easton, so yeah, to speak. Right, okay. right. Uh, seven U, the Braves won thirty to twenty four. Okay, all right. Nine U, thirty four nothing Braves. Uh, it was uh, 11 U 49 to 14 Braves Wow. and 13 U 28 to nothing Braves. So, yeah, Easton's getting some of those kids. And I think coach McGlinchy had talked about he the did. numbers that are coming in. He did. Um, and then the, yeah, he's
2: looking forward to the class coming in for 2022.
1: Hmm. And then there's this group out of Salisbury called the Clovers. How do you name a team after a plant? I,
2: I have no idea.
1: Yeah. You know, <laughs> how can you give us something a little more vicious, you know? I but, was going to say, it doesn't exactly
2: come yeah. off as intimidating Who to the opponent. Who do you play for?
1: I play right. for the Clovers. The Clovers. Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, but the uh, the clovers had no problem beating Caroline. Um, they beat them thirty-two nothing in nine U, forty nothing in eleven U, and twenty-seven nothing in thirteen U. So the clovers Ooh. must be pretty good. Yeah. Now, <laughs> when you
2: say they play Caroline, is that the entire county, or is that yeah, North Carolina?
1: Carolina Cougars, North Carolina. So
2: that would be North Carolina at that yeah. point. You know, one thing that we haven't brought up just quickly is, you know, the census numbers came out a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and. Talbot County actually had a slight decrease of, I think, about 37. Dorchester had a slight decrease. Caroline picked up a couple hundred. Queen Anne's County, though, picked up a couple of thousand. And Wicomico picked up 4,000. They're at 103,000 now. Just interesting to kind of watch that. Worcester picked up about 1,000.
1: It's easy to figure out. People want to come from the western shore. So they moved to Queen Anne's County or they get Jake Coleman recruiting those teachers up there in Worcester and, and football <laughs> coaches. So they move there to coach and they're getting people from Virginia moving in to Maryland as well. And, you know, so I guess that's where the numbers are coming from. But, yeah, I, I guess it's one of those things that it continues to grow. We see a shrinking amount of numbers in youth football. And for various reasons, but I, I think that, you know, like Coach Sofineski said in our very first podcast, you know, we need to get kids back on the field playing
2: football. I agree. Although I, I do feel, and I guess it's because of COVID, but I do feel the stigma with football where back in, say, eighteen, nineteen, maybe even seventeen, eighteen, and maybe some of 19, where the stigma of it's unsafe, the concerns about head injuries, etc., where that was prominent, I feel like that's pretty much faded away. Now, again, maybe COVID had a lot to do with that because that's been a big news headline, as we know. But in the sports world, though, I I just have not seen that recently. So I hope that, to your point, Mark, with that kind of fading, that right, that that'll help help numbers out.
1: Yeah, let's hope they get back to where they uh – where they should be to continue to grow
2: real quick though i mentioned you know talbot had a slight decrease in the census numbers but this year's eastern warriors team they're going to have roughly 46 guys on that team they're going to have the biggest team in the bayside on varsity on varsity wow yep
1: good for them so always good to see numbers we we like that and We'd love to see everybody going undefeated, while it's not possible because it just makes the conference that much better. It makes it easier for us to pick games of the week as well.
2: Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's true. I, but I do think this year, it, it, especially one through five or six, uh, you know, you, it's tough. I, I, I think all those teams at their best, uh, you know, could could play uh, very tight games against one another. It'd be tough to tell who would beat. Who would beat whom?
1: And now, keep in mind, this is all tentative. Now, you know what? I'll save that. We'll talk about that coming up in the next break right here. Time out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by Midshore Exteriors, handling your roofing, siding, and gutter needs across the shore. Every detail matters, so let the Master Elite GAF certified and Shingle Master Roofers take care of your home or business today. More info at midshoreexteriors.com. All right, so I teased you a little bit in the last segment. So uh, our Preston Ford Game of the Week, Overtime lies. Preston Ford Game of the Week uh, in Week 1 is going to be Queen Anne's at North Carolina. Week number 2 is going to be High at North Carolina. Week number 3 is going to be Queen Anne at Parkside. Week number 4, Parkside at Easton. Now, keep in mind, all of this is subject to change, uh, depending on you know, if team starts to suck or something like that. You know, <laughs> well, that's putting it <laughs> bluntly. So, um, but that's know, true. Yeah, and yeah. Week number six is Easton at North Carolina. Week number seven, Decatur at North Carolina. Week number eight is probably going to be Queen Anne at Decatur. That's mm-hmm. a Thursday night game. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to do Easton at Decatur because we got to go back down there and do that game. So two straight weeks at Decatur. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, week number nine, uh, Kent Island at Queen Anne's.
2: The War on the Shore. The shore. Yeah,
1: yep. the 13th edition of the War on the Shore yeah. with Overtime Live. So yeah, that's our tentative schedule. Keep in mind that it's, you know, potential to change um but you know one of the things that
2: do you want me to pick all those games right now <laughs> yeah,
1: right? <laughs> no because i don't think we could but uh, yeah no. one of the things that um you've had the benefit of you know this year something that you didn't do before nothing really kept us from doing it but now it's like we've got the website We've got the podcast. We've got the radio. This is stuff that you and I have talked about for years, yeah. about trying to figure out when and where. And it turned out that this was the right time for us to expand Overtime Live, so to speak, and make Overtime Live a subsidiary, a subsidiary of Shore Sports mm-hmm. and with the website, com, And, of course, uh, don't If you go there, don't judge. We're still populating. It'll be ready by the end of the week. But, um, you know, this podcast as well. But you've taken it upon yourself to go out and see a lot of practices and even a couple of scrimmages this year.
2: Yeah. Well, and I really appreciate the accessibility. And the plan is to get to all of them, whether it be be between you and me or maybe if it's possible personally to get to all of them. But, yeah, I really appreciate the accessibility. But it's funny how some things... Are the same, and some things are different when you go out to a practice. Right. You know, my first practice was at Decatur. It was an eight o'clock practice. Brings back memories of of eight o'clock practices and, and Oklahoma drills right out of the chute to wake us up. You know, but they don't do that quite as much anymore. Well, they're um, not
1: allowed to do Oklahoma drills, so right, <laughs> they have but
2: to be modified those right those kinds of things. But you know, sometimes the early morning practices. You know, the coaches trying to get guys pumped up. Guys that you know missing assignment. things like that. So, you know, coaches yelling or motivating, barking out, those kind of things, that hasn't changed. But, yes, in terms of the way that they practice tackling now, they really don't tackle much against each other. Uh, Now, Easton did a little bit of a drill. They did a mini Oklahoma drill uh, modified for about 10 minutes, but you've got these donuts that they're rolling out that you practice form tackling with. Um, There's more, I feel like, teaching going on, not that there aren't a fair amount of reps, but you talk about heat acclimation. I mean, I never had heat acclimation. Um, So some things are radically different. Some things, though, are still very much the same as well. And it still comes down to, you know, the Jimmys and Joes executing the X's and O's. Um, But I, I tell you something that really sticks out to me, and Mark, you know this, is the to see the evolution, excuse me, the evolution of the offenses, especially, and to see these teams run the spread and you know running you know, hybrid college offenses, and to see the quarterbacks and the talent on display. I mean, watching you know Decatur and Cambridge and Smyrna in that scrimmage, and watching Ken Island, Old Mill, and Elkton, it's just leaps and bounds from where when I played. It was still very much an in the box game. There were a few teams that had some teams that, that had. A great quarterback and receivers like a Mount St. Joe that spread it out. Mike Working used to coach with the Detroit Lions, so he had that kind of offense. But you just didn't see much of that. And now Mark, even on the shore with Kent County, Kent Island's going some shotgun spread now, or Kent Island's doing some shotgun spread as well. You know, you've got uh, you know Cambridge is getting to there. Uh, Stephen Decatur uh, is doing that as well. Easton, as we know, uh, so it's um, you know times are changing with that.
1: They really are, but North Carolina's not. Yeah,
2: No, and and they're one of the teams. And, and I like that, though. And I like that, too. And it's funny because uh, – and similarly, Parkside, they're an in-the-box, two-tight-end power team. And when I showed up at the Parkside practice – they were doing goal line, and that's what you expected to see at a Rams practice. Right. And if I had made it to North Carolina, unfortunately I didn't. But if I had made it to a North Carolina, you see the wing tee, you see, and that's what they do. But they've been successful doing it. It doesn't matter what you do. It's whether you're successful at it. And to Coach Coach Crowe, the offensive coordinator at Decatur said, you know, look, Mike, yeah, we're running the air raid, and it's great and it's exciting. But if we don't have the quarterback or the receivers to do it, then it's it's not so great. And he said, you know, if we didn't have the guys, we'd be running a different offense, and we right. might be more like a Carolina or Parkside.
1: Well, yeah, look, Jason McCormick always says we're going to do what we do. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's been and, successful and at it. Exactly. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. I mean, I no, ultimately, I if you've got an offense that's balanced, if you can throw the football when teams stack the box, Uh, When you can throw the football to to just help yourself out and being less predictable, hey, that's great. And I I certainly applaud the teams that could do it. But teams like North Carolina Parkside have made a living running the heck out of the football and been successful. Cambridge has done that for years, too.
1: We talked about Queen Anne's and their quarterback situation and not knowing who is going to be their quarterback. I totally forgot, North Carolina's got a new quarterback this year as well.
2: They do. T.J. Bunce looks like he's going to be the guy there uh, in, in running that offense. And, you know, with Queen Anne's, by the way, Queen Anne's under Cyrus McGowan ran, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but based on the way you were describing it, was a zone read type spread Mm -hmm. that was radically different from the double wing. But uh, not that this is radically, radically different, but they're going to be running the pistol at Queen Anne's Hmm. going forward. So that's a little bit different in, in what they do there, and... Yeah, you know, who would have thought in a million years Queen Anne's running the pistol back yeah. when the double wing offense was what they ran under Donnie Gray for years.
1: Right. Yeah. No, um, you're you're exactly right. I'm looking forward to it. It all starts this coming Friday night. It's Preston Ford's game of the week, presented by Best Western Plus, Easton and for all seasons. The Rotor Rooter pregame show gets us started on ninety four three FM and Forevermidshore.com. At 6.15, we'll have the kickoff starting at 6.30. Looking forward to that. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by College Placement Consulting, providing invaluable college planning and high school guidance from sophomore through senior year. Let the dedicated professionals at College Placement Consulting help your child prepare for college. Go online to schedule a no obligation appointment now at collegeplacementconsulting.com. Wow. Episode 9 in the books. And we ran the gamut today. We really did. you know. We
2: a lot it. of content, Mark. Yeah. But that's what it's all about. And weekly basis there's a lot that ends up building up over the course of a week to talk about and we've been really busy you know behind the scenes we've been out of practices and scrimmages and following things talking to coaches emailing texting the the whole nine yards
1: so it's important to know while we did talk a lot of football today we're, we're going to talk soccer we're going to talk field hockey in the fall we'll talk golf we'll, we'll talk uh, cross country all of that stuff and you'll be able to find it all also on our website, ShoresportsMD.com. Now, you'll notice on the top line of the website, at ShoresportsMD.com, there's an overtime live page. If you want to follow high school football power polls and Mike's weekly picks and, and his videos, he'll do a weekly recap video as well as his power poll and also uh, his picks. The power poll will drop on mondays mm-hmm. now it's right. not dropped didn't drop this week it'll drop next week uh, it'll be on this week probably before the season starts probably you know wednesday or thursday
2: yeah absolutely yeah. and then we'll have the picks. so yeah we're kind of uh putting it together mushing yeah. it together if you will but yeah but we'll have it a little bit more uh, spread out going and forward
1: and then we're also going to try and keep up with a power pole on the other sports of soccer and field hockey mm-hmm. as well and uh, you'll find those on those individual sports pages under high school. And uh, I encourage you to go check it out. I encourage you to share the information that you find. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, please share it to your Facebook or your, uh, your, uh, your 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 Twitter page or your Instagram page or whatever the case may be, whatever social media you use. We do want more people listening. And, again, if you have an idea that you want us to talk about or something you want us to cover, you know send uh, you can send me an email at mark at ShoresportsMD.com or send one to Mike at Mike at ShoresportsMD.com. I kind of look at this this website and this podcast is all for you guys and it's you know it's yours do with it what you will and uh, you know do me a favor and you know help promote it and also uh, when you're on the website or if you hear the sponsors that we have here in the podcast you know if, if you would Frequent those sponsors. And when you do, make sure you thank them for sponsoring uh, Shore Sports and Overtime Live because none of this is possible without them, right. just like it's not possible without you. Yeah, so.
2: Absolutely. And uh, I'm sure that one of the things they'll be doing with my power pole and picks is using it as bulletin board material. <laughs> that's, that's
1: what's best. I can't wait. Maybe we can get into uh, the locker rooms early and take yeah. pictures of what's up on the board. But, yeah, so, hey, hmm. next Tuesday yeah. when we join again. We are going to be talking high school football results. Yes. Yes. And we'll be previewing. The upcoming games for that week, Uh, not only for football, but also soccer and field hockey Mm -hmm. uh, as well. And we'll take a look at the golf standings, too, as they uh, start to shake out with two meets this week. And we'll see how that shakes out as well. Thanks again for listening. Once again, thanks to our sponsors. And uh, for Mike Bradley, I'm Mark Potter. We'll catch you next Tuesday right here with Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group.
0: You've been listening to the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston
2: Automotive Group. Look for another timeout soon here on shoresportsmd.com.